Welcome to Junior L's and Now What? Topic episode 42, ultimate episode 133. I've mentioned this many times in the past, but it's very pertinent to this particular episode, so I'll repeat it again. I have a deep fascination, even an infatuation, if you will, with the medieval times, especially uh, like fantasy type things and blacksmithing. Um, or forging. Uh, I've mentioned in the past how that was one of my passions, and that led me to ultimately learning how to weave chainmail, which thankfully is a, is a hobbit, habit <laughs> that I've picked up again and started using. One of the things, um, being fascinated with those things, is you pick up traits or at least understanding of uh, qualities of medieval weaponry. And for this topic, I want to focus on one of the most well-known and probably one of the um, most impressive of the medieval weapons, and that is the katana or the samurai sword. Um, if you re- recollect it, uh, it's a sword that was typically used by the samurai, and it was um, a reasonably long sword, had a slight arc to it, it was single-edged, and it was a typically a two-toned blade. And it had a fairly long pommel or, or handle to it where it was a two-handed weapon. Um, and there was a lot of uh, ritual and other things that went to it, but uh, I'm not going to dive into all that now. But I want you to envision this weapon, this incredibly effective and powerful tool, and keep that in mind as we're going through this topic. And I'll explain a little bit more about uh, the composition of it and how that relates to this topic. The other thing I want you to think about is the following phrase, break to build. Okay, the katana, break to build. Okay, so I'm going to now read three scriptures. All three of these will be from the Book of Mormon. The first one is Mosiah chapter 3, verse 19. I believe I've read this one before. In fact, all three of these I have read before, but I'm going to repeat them again now. For the natural man is an enemy to God and has been from the fall of Adam and will be forever and ever, unless he yields to the enticings of the Holy Spirit and putteth off the natural man and becometh a saint through the atonement of Christ the Lord and becometh as a child, submissive, meek, humble, patient, full of love, willingness to willing to submit to all things which the Lord seeth fit to inflict upon him, even as a child doth submit to the Father. Okay, the next passage is in the book of Ether, chapter 12, verse 27. And if men come unto me, I will show unto them their weakness. I give unto men weakness, that they may be humble. And my grace is sufficient for all men that humble themselves before me. For if they humble themselves before me and have faith in me, then will I make weak things become strong unto them. And finally, 3 Nephi, chapter 9, verse 20. And ye shall offer for a sacrifice unto me a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And whoso cometh unto me with a broken heart and a contrite spirit, him will I baptize with fire and with the Holy Ghost, even as the Lamanites, because of their faith in me at the time of their conversion, were baptized with fire and with the Holy Ghost, and they knew it not. One of the fundamentals of being human or, or being really just alive is this idea of fight or flight. I have since learned that that has now been expanded to include fight, flight, or freeze. 
The first scripture that I read talks about putting off the natural man. The other two scriptures share a way that we can do it, a way that is very counterintuitive, but a way that based off of all of these scriptures ultimately lead to something greater. And that is the idea of shedding off the natural man and finding that fourth choice, breaking to build. A broken heart, making a weakness to become strength, the baptism of fire. So let's go back to the sword for a moment. Let's go back to this katana. What makes the katana such a unique tool, a unique weapon? Why was the way it was made back then so special and even arguably better than the way we would make it today in lots of different respects? So I'll break down some of the basics for you. One of them is they used different kinds of steel to make the same sword. I'm not going to go into all the metallurgy for you, but just understand that uh, the the quality, the density, uh, all of that uh, came into effect when they were making these things. A lot of times they would choose by sight the different metals they would use. Then they would take these different metals and then they would heat them to a certain point. Not to the point of melting, like you would see in a lot of um, like medieval-style movies, Robin Hood and so on and so forth. Um, they didn't typically melt them down. In this case, they used a, a technique called foiling, where they would heat the metal to a certain point, and then they would fold it, pound it, heat it, fold it, and pound it. And this did a couple of different things. One is it, it increased the density, it increased the strength, and it did some unique things to the metal itself. It helped to purify it. So every time they did this, it actually removed some of the impurities from the metal. They did this with two separate pieces of metal, different types of steel. When they were done getting these two pieces ready, then they would take one and they would fold it into almost like a U-shape, a saddle, if you will. And then they would put the other one, other piece, inside it. And then they would put them together, they would pound them together in essence, and and obviously, don't quote me on this because I'm sure there's some nuances or specifics I'm missing, but in essence, this is how they would make these swords. Then they would treat the metal in a certain way, they would heat it, and they would cool it. And because it's slightly different kinds of metal that are being used, this process actually forces the sword to have a slight arc to it. And it's because with the different metals, they would cool at different rates. All right, so why is this important? Why does it make any difference? Well, from the standpoint of the sword, it made a better, stronger sword for the samurai to use. It made for a better tool. And the same is true for us. When we take this fourth option, instead of fight, flight, or freeze, but instead we take this break-to-build approach, One of the things, one of the elements that makes us so critical is humbling ourselves enough to God and asking for his help. That's not freezing. It's not fleeing. And it's not even fighting necessarily. It's seeking for his help and then doing what we're told to do. Uh, In the Book of Mormon, one of the things that um, anybody who's read the Book of Mormon should know about, and it's a group of young men called the Stripling Warriors, One of the things that sets them apart from any other group in the Book of Mormon is it talks about how when their leader told them to do something, they followed it exactly. And that requires an intense amount of humility. 
Um, so much so that you would almost have to consider them broken to be so humble. But does that mean they weren't thinking for themselves? No, absolutely not. They were trained to do things and do things in a certain way. But when they were told to turn left, even if every instinct of their being said to turn right, they turned left because they were humble enough to realize that they were not the leaders, they were not in charge of the battle, and ultimately, at the end of the day, were they responsible for their actions? Yes, but in the end, they were responsible for choosing to listen or not to listen. If they listened, then that's where their responsibility ultimately ended if they did what they were told, and the rest of the responsibility fell on their commander. If they chose not to listen, then the responsibility falls to them. So this is part of what that breaking to build is, is basically bowing to the whims of God and accepting what he is going to ask of us or has asked of us to do. So I'm going to now transition to just a couple of, um, I'll call them real world examples, even though they're from fiction, but they put an interesting spin on this idea of breaking to build. Um, I'm a huge fan of natural disaster movies, as I've mentioned before, and one of those movies that came out in the early 2000s was a movie called Core. It takes some concepts from Journey to the Center of the Earth, but um, really it's what if the core of the Earth stopped spinning and we had to jumpstart it again? Um, one of the, the things that I wanted to take away from this, though, is one of the characters, one of the main female characters in the movie, desperately wants to be a commander. She wants to be in charge. And one day, her commander pulls her, her aside and says, do you know why I haven't made you a commander yet? And she says, no, I don't know why. And they talk for a moment. And he says, because you're too good, because you're nearly perfect at everything you do. You don't know how to t make mistakes, to own those mistakes, and to learn from them and to, to harness them and to move on. And that was fantastic advice because when we are so good at things, we run into situations sometimes where we stumble and we don't know what to do. And that's part of this breaking to build is 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 really we as mortals, we as these humans, these bipeds, these bilobes, um, have to trip and fall to learn, to grow, to progress, and to figure out how to continue to move forward. Christ was definitely the unique example where he came to this earth perfect and left perfect um, and, and didn't have to do those things. And that's truly what sets him, one of the things that sets him apart. Um, the second one uh, that I wanted to mention is from Kung Fu Panda. It's one of my all-time favorite movies, but it is the epitome of the example of humbling yourself. Because at one point, he, he confronts his mentor, and his mentor is like, why have you not left? When I've done all of these things in veritably abusing you um, and, and forcing you to leave, and he says, it's because I felt that if anyone can make me a better person, it was you. And that's the ultimate, bowing down and saying, I'm willing to take anything, make me something better. So uh, at this point, normally I would move into my quote, the, um, you know, what if the only way? And this time I'm going to do something a little different, uh, something that might become a staple going forward. I'm not sure, but I'm kind of excited for this. Uh, I created something physically, um, a physical kind of art. And it's, uh, you know, envision a landscape where it's uh, kind of an inferno and there's a katana uh, on the inferno 
And on the katana, in one portion of the blade, it says broken heart. And another portion of the blade, it says weak things. Now, these are the two examples that I had mentioned earlier from the two scriptures. Remember that the katana is really made out of two separate pieces of metal, two broken pieces. The metal had been broken before it had been forged into the sword. And on the fire, this inferno is two letters, HG, which stands for Holy Ghost. And then there are two signs on this. The first one is a large sign that encompasses the picture, and it says, forging the broken. And then on the other sign, similar to what would be like a blacksmith's sign with the backdrop of an anvil, I have the following poem that I wrote. And I will say, I am no poet. I have forged into poetry a few times recently, and I enjoy it, but that doesn't mean that I am good at it. And here is the poem. The broken and weak, through whispers and peace, are guided to the refiner, the bringer of harmony and light, where doubt can purify into hope, where flaws can be foiled into strengths. The master can forge us anew, but first we must willingly enter the flames. Junior L. The point here is, And this is going to transition into the and now what portion of this. This next eternally leveling up, number five. Don't be afraid to break and then enter the flames to be forged anew. We must pick ourselves up and move forward when we break, when we fall, when we get humbled or when we humble ourselves. But as the Lord has promised us throughout all these scriptures, we're expected to do those things so that we can be built again, built into something better. Just like when the metal for the katana is foiled and heated and folded again, and those impurities are literally beaten out of them. For each one of us, when we come to the Lord and continue to humble ourselves and continue to have that broken heart, our impurities will continue to be bled out of us or removed from us, and we will get closer and closer to him. And I absolutely wholeheartedly believe this. Um, It's hard, though. It's really, really hard. And so that's part of the reason why I feel so strongly that I needed to cover this topic is we must embrace that difficulty and enter the flames. Um, I'm going to transition to a slight levity to conclude this podcast. If you are not in my circle of trust, you're probably in my triangle of suspicion or rhombus of doubt. Have a spectacular day, a wonderful week, Remember that you're worth it. Thank you for listening.